0: Southern Charms, season eight. Are you guys loving this season so far? I mean, I can't wait to hear everyone's opinions on this season. I'm loving it. We are about to sit down with Shep and Craig for a joint interview. Talk all about the return of Naomi. Obviously, Paige DeSorbo from Summer House being there. Filming with your significant other, Catherine, and all the headlines she's been making. We're about to have that chat for this joint interview. Then we share an interview we had with Craig a few months back. We want to highlight that. So it's a Southern Charm Extravaganza today. Stay tuned for this chat with Shep and Craig. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the ones, the onlys, Mr. Craig Conover and Mr. Shep Rose. So Craig Shep, welcome. How are you guys doing today? Southern Charm season eight. How did we get here? Wild
1: to be back.
0: It's exciting. It's
1: nerve wracking, but it's exciting. Yeah, eight seasons. Who would have thunk it? Who
0: would have thunk it? Why is it nerve wracking to be
1: back, Craig? Uh, Because we really give it our all and we don't know how to censor ourselves, um, which <laughs> makes
2: for a great show, but makes for a nerve wracking experience for us. So, yeah. you know, we anticipation. I, I told Craig before we did this uh, press, like, let's just go on a little preemptive apology tour <laughs> because people can really, the fans can really get emotionally involved and, um, you know, let's just do a little damage control is what I told uh, them. It's,
1: it's going to be fun though. It's uh, it's going to be a great season and, uh, you, you know, everyone's going to really enjoy it. It's just intense. Um, yeah, there's some intense moments. And, you know, looking in the mirror isn't always easy and that's, you know, this show is one big mirror. So. Um, you know, when and it was, eight, it was eight
0: months ago,
2: you know, so like things have changed. And uh so anyway.
0: Well, you guys, I mean, I agree the fans could be very harsh. I mean, you guys have had to apologize for things before. I mean, do you feel this season eight was like harsher? You had more to apologize for than usual.
2: Yes, Craig and I will be we'll I don't get know our why you keep being plural. <laughs> Craig, you know you I mean, you got in more screaming matches than anybody. Yeah, no, I,
1: I, I yell a lot this year. I'm <laughs> just kidding, anyway. But, that's, you know, we both are uh, dealing with different chapters than you've seen us in. Shep's in a committed relationship. Um, you know, I am too, but I'm also dealing with my kind of past, uh, basically everything that I've ever swept under the rug with any
2: of the guys or anything we're dealing with. And I don't, I don't deal with it great, you know, all the time. So. And you're dealing with the stress of winter house and summer house. Yeah. Like, it's just a never ending. I understand. Yeah, so sure. it's, um, and, you know, my my ex is back in the picture, so
1: Naomi's back, and, uh, you know, I was all for, you know, welcoming her back to Charleston, but as you'll see as the season goes on, she really jumps back into our group of friends, and so having her around all the time, what people don't realize is there's a reason you broke up, <laughs> and so, like, my patience, you know, with stuff with her is just non-existent, so I, I've got, I'm kind of like a powder keg all the time this year. <laughs>
0: you were such a proponent for Naomi coming back as I know a lot of people were like, did you ever regret that? Like, as you went on in the season or.
1: Well, of course, you know, as, <laughs> as, as we start the cast trip start, you're just like, this isn't normal to be on a trip with your ex-girlfriend, but it's going to make for a heck of a show. Um, and, you know, it, it was, it, it was the closure of that story too, because, you know, no one really ever knew what happened. She kind of just like peaced out. So um, yeah.
0: Well, Shep, you know, so kindly referenced Winter House and Summer House. You know, we do see in the trailer, you know, you both have some issues with Austin. I know Austin didn't have it so easy in the Summer House. Yeah. You know, I mean, talk to me about these, this, what we can expect. I mean, no spoilers, but it seems like it got pretty intense with both of you and Austin. Yeah,
1: I mean, I wasn't really, you know, at the end of last summer, I wasn't, Austin and I weren't, weren't on any terms. I had basically like, you know, he was on a... And he'll tell you, he was on a pretty destructive, you know, tour for a couple months there. And, uh, and I got sucked into his path of destruction and I was angry about it, Um, but we never talked about it, of course. And so this season, you know, you'll, you'll see us be forced to confront everything that happened and why,
2: you know, I'm so angry with Austin. Um, And I mean, Austin, uh, truthfully, he and I have never been closer. However, (laughs) Um, I think this season he saw an opportunity. Well, he, he he wasn't in the spot. His relationship wasn't in the spotlight. Of course, he and Olivia were sort of dancing around each other. But um, I think he had a lot of pent up frustration from the past with his relationship with Madison. And he was sort of enjoying me being under the microscope a little bit. So we and he was sort of poking and prodding. Um, and I, I finally lost
0: my cool on him towards the end of the season. Did it add to your guys nervousness? You know, I mean, Taylor was on the show before and like obviously Paige knows what she's doing for Summer House. But was it harder both, you know, Taylor's a full time cast member now and Paige yes. coming into this group, you know, having your relationships kind of under the microscope with this group?
2: Yeah. I and mean, you, you know, it's going to happen because that's what um that's what's going on in the in the group. And, uh, you know, the group's going to be talking about it, the other cast members. And you're trying to to, to uh, navigate a minefield, essentially, and and uh, you sometimes screw that up, and it feels like the weight of the world is on your shoulders, and uh, and you just hope and pray somehow when it, when the show comes out. That's why we're we have anxiety because we don't know uh, you know how it's going to look because it was a long time ago. We don't know what other people are saying behind our backs and stuff like that. Well, I mean, yeah, filming with the partner is is. I'm very fortunate
1: that Paige does this for a living. So I was way more relaxed this time having her around. It didn't affect me at all. I was actually excited because we're finally actually dating on a show. Um, But I remember when I brought Naomi into the show and I didn't give a, I didn't care at all what happened to me, but protecting her is where that stress comes from. And I know he felt it too, of being like, but you know, as he said, you only, you got to learn by fire and there's nothing you can do that, you know you can't teach them so
0: yeah and to your point you felt less pressure with Paige just because she's she knew yeah, she,
1: yeah I didn't feel as res, I don't feel responsible for because you know she, yeah
2: she she chose to do this before meeting me um it was rough for me and Taylor this season and uh, we, we we weathered the storm but it was there was lightning and wind and thunder <laughs> you know and it was all my dumb ass fault
0: Well, you guys both seem to be weathering the storm. What relationship advice would you each offer each other? Like Craig to Shep and Shep to Craig.
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, You know, Shep and Taylor do a lot of things like right for each other. I would tell Shep to not lose his way because things are really good right now. And it's that's when it's easy to to kind of take stuff for granted. So but if he sticks the course now, they're going to do great because she really loves them.
2: Yeah, um, I would tell Craig to, um, you know, do his best to to maintain with being in different cities, because as you know, that can be a major hurdle for a lot of people. But they've been doing really good uh, in that vein. I mean, it's just been impressive to see them drop whatever they're doing uh, and come and see each other for whatever, how many days in a row. And it, they're never apart for very long. And I think that's the important thing.
0: That's good advice. What about you know? Since you are in both, you're in relationships. We have some single cast me- members on Southern Charm this season. Who do you think needs the most relationship advice out of your castmates? I mean, I would always say Austin, but, <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't listen. Yeah, he doesn't listen. Um,
2: Pringle, <laughs>
1: Pringle. Uh, yeah, I mean, our our castmates don't listen to anyone. Catherine's gotten a, you know, she's got a tough history with her relationships. Um, you know, I think I think Catherine, if she finds I hope she finds someone that she trusts enough to listen to, because she I think she could do better if she really had someone to confide in like yeah. a, a good example. Um
2: I don't know if we're those examples. Yeah, I mean, but- I was going to say we've all tried to. Try to help guide each other in our life, and and well, maybe it has worked. <laughs> we're sitting here right in front of you. And we're not killing each other, so that's the good news.
0: What about you? Know, Paige did an interview where she said Catherine was one of the people that she felt like most closest to that just kind of welcomed her into the group. Like, did you? Did that shock you? Yeah, it was funny because Madison
1: and Catherine were definitely, came, you know, spent a lot of attention with Paige. You know, she already knew Taylor. They're they're fine, but when it came to the filming aspect. Um, she felt comfortable, probably because Catherine and Madison are such sharks. Um, she felt comfortable, kind of knowing that they and weren't against her. Waters. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't make any sense, but it's kind of funny.
1: Yeah, she she just um, she was fascinated by them and watching them do their thing. I mean, there's one point in the season that she's sitting between both of them and both of them are making another girl cry. And she's just <laughs> like, this is
0: crazy. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, let me take some notes and go back. Yeah, to somewhere back yeah. She's like, there you
1: go. yeah, it was, and it's a different style of, you know, fighting like our girls are mean to each other and you wouldn't even know that they're being mean. So um, it's, it was, it was, I think she, she had her fun with it, but it's also, you know, there came a time where she was like, I, I might I might stay in New York this weekend.
0: <laughs> do you guys think, you know, there's just always so much and we don't need to go into it, like headlines about Catherine. Like, do you you guys know her? Do you think she just gets a bad rap?
2: Um, No, I think she can be her own worst enemy, unfortunately, and she can let uh, her emotions get the better of her. But I feel for her, like, the whole custody uh, thing is a real mess a real real big mess and and um you know i don't know enough about it to really get into depth but i know that it breaks her heart that she can't see her kids when exactly when she wants to and i can.
1: she's had a she's had trouble finding a good support circle um we see a lot of people take advantage of her um you know they gain her trust and she wants a circle but you know, I can hear Chef already saying like, well, she, She'll break the circle. she breaks the circle, but still it is tough when you don't have that good circle, you know? So yeah. she's, I think she's, you know, she's more lonely than most when it comes to, you know,
2: we both have someone we can reach out to. I don't know. if She, she looks really good. I'll say that
0: she's, she's, uh, I saw her the other night and uh, she looked great. So. That's good. She looks great on social media. Who who shocked you guys the most, either good or bad? You know, out out of your castmates, like who was most out of character this season? Out of character or Uh, just shocked you like you just didn't expect something.
2: (laughs) I mean, just a little bit. I was like, I mean, towards the end of the season, I was like, man, we we went and talked to him after after a particular argument. And we were like, you got to just like take a deep breath sometimes. So well, he and I think I never thought of it this way.
1: He has a good theory that I never like I he thinks I brought a lot of Summer House and Winter House into Southern Charm filming, which actually makes sense. I mean, I I was pretty high
2: strung. I guess I was more high strung filming Southern Charm this year where I was like. It's almost as if there were cameras around all the time, and, uh, and that's what that's the life he lived for yeah. a couple different months. So I was
1: a little combative.
2: Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was so, it was the booziest season we've we've done, and that's saying a lot because we we've, we've consumed a lot. We <laughs> drowned the city of Charleston
0: interesting and that's a good point i never thought of that right it is a different experience because you have the cameras there 24 hours it's almost like big brother and then you come back and you're like wait this is a you see craig this is what happens i mean i'm from new york city this is what happens after you spend time in the hamptons in new york for a hot minute
2: yeah yeah i need to learn how to slow down again um yeah but we were we we had a good time but the good times led to some some blow ups, i mean you know but I there mean? are shocking like this
1: this season has some of our biggest shockers uh, shocking moments that you'll ever see on our show. So yeah, I'm excited for those.
0: What about Leva? I know at the end of last, at the end of season eight of the rap party, like Leva ended up on following you, Craig and Austin and Paige. I mean, Shep, it seems like you're, you were still being followed. Like, are we going to see like
1: how Thomas was with me? Thomas never got mad at me, but
2: he
0: would oh, always get mad. I
2: try to be. Um, yeah. Um, there was something with, that had to do with Austin's beer and, and her restaurants and, and then a lot of other things. And, um, I mean, are we allowed to say that uh, she has this new show? Or? No, it wasn't. Unless it's been- no, it wasn't. It was fourth wall.
1: It, Leva, Leva's look, I've been friends with Leva a long time. Um, she, in my opinion, there was some fourth wall stuff that happened. And that's the only reason her and I would ever fight, because we don't have anything against each other. And she really took it um, personally. She's a it- fighter. Yeah. Yeah, and it unfolds. I don't know how they're going to make sense out of it, actually. Um, but apparently, she refollowed Paige. <laughs> so um, you know, I mean, you yeah. I guess we can't give it away without spoil or can't say it without spoilers. But you'll see. Yeah, there's some some rock a uh, rocky road ahead.
0: We'll yeah. see a different level this season, is what you're. Oh uh, yes,
2: it. yes, because yes, um, season seven was um all about, you know, Catherine's comments. Um, and frankly, we were all tired of talking about it. And, um, I think the audience was too. I think that's a resounding thing. And I think, um, level for, you know, whether it's her fault or she was just sort of, uh, I don't know. She had the sharp end of the stick was pointed at her after last season. A lot of people were just like enough, you know, like, and again, like, yes, Catherine made a mistake, and she, but you don't, it doesn't have to be the topic of conversation all the freaking time, you know?
0: Absolutely. Two final questions before we wrap up. How about some of our new cast? How did they fit in? Like, did anyone fit in better than the rest? You know, we have Caleb. I mean, Taylor, of course, Olivia, Vanita. Did anyone have a particular problem? Did you guys gravitate?
2: Olivia and Taylor both blended in um, wonderfully and um, they add a real breath of fresh air. Um, without a doubt.
1: And then I was friends with Caleb before I've known him for a while. Um, and Shep and him had some some nice time that they spent together. And then Vanita becomes a surprising um ally of mine. And you know, and that was there you go.
0: fun. So I can't wait to watch. Well, listen, we have so much more to watch this season. I hate to rush things along for you guys, but right now, if I were to ask you who do you expect to be engaged first, Craig or Shep, would you like to answer this between the two of you?
2: Well, they've been dating for uh, a year less, so maybe it's my turn. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and which is exciting is that it could really go either way. And who would
1: have thought we would be saying oh my that gosh. Yeah. today? So
0: get ready. I think that's why everyone's going to love watching the season. It's going to be a different Craig and chef. And last question before we go, Craig, who knows how to party better, the summer house people or the Southern charm cast? Well, I will always be Southern charm. I kind of think so too. So I can't wait to watch this season. You guys have been great. Good luck. It's going to be Thanks. a great season and we're all going to be watching. Perfect. Perfect. We'll talk right. soon. Take, take care guys. Bye. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline. Oh my God, I have to tell you guys, The Envelope is back with more podcast episodes from the LA Times. And listen... I'm so excited. Now you can hear Emmy-nominated actors and directors ahead of the big night. And you guys know I love the Grammys. I love, listen, I love it all. I love the Oscars. I love every award show, which is one of the reasons why I love listening to The Envelope. But nothing is better for me, then the Emmys, TV is everything. September 12th is the big night for the Emmys. And now you can head to the envelope and you can listen to these actors and directors ahead of the big night. So listen, some of their upcoming guests include Bill Hader, Melanie Linsky, and coleman domingo from euphoria these guys at the envelope that are doing these interviews they're from the la times so you know if you think i know what i'm doing these guys are professionals you can download and listen to the envelope from the la times wherever you get your podcasts catch up now because hey september 12th and the emmys are just only a few weeks away that's right the envelope is back with more podcast episodes from the la times You know, everyone always asks me like how I deal with the internet trolls, like all the listeners who have something to say about the housewives and leave negative comments all day on Instagram. Listen, I have to tell you, I'm really serious when I say that the comments don't bother me at all. And the only reason why is because I've worked on my mental health. I mean... Mental and physical health, there's really nothing more important because when you work on yourself and you have that clear mind, nothing can bother you. You're comfortable. You're happy inside. And the long-term effects of therapy and working on your mental health really can help strengthen your relationships and give you a more positive outlook on life. And for my mental health, I've turned to talk space because listen, first of all, it's a fraction of the cost of in-person therapy, but really I love that I can reach out to my therapist and get my therapy and work on myself from anywhere in the world. You don't have to wait for an appointment or go into an office. And their licensed therapists are trained to handle just a variety of specialties. As a listener of this podcast, you'll get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure to use code VELVET to get $100 off your first month. That's VELVET and Talkspace.com. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back Behind the Velvet Rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one the only mr craig conover thanks for having me david i'm pumped
1: i've been excited to to come on for a while so i'm glad our timing finally worked out
0: we find listen is this what it takes you have to go and write a book craig's for for me to get you behind the velvet rope
1: i know right well i don't know maybe i'm finally uh qualified to come on all of these as now i'm a new uh young writer if, if, as they say
0: you are a new young writer. Well, listen, pillow talk. What's wrong with my sewing? Congratulations. Like, do you feel different now that this book is out there for everyone to read?
1: It's a wild process. You know, it took about a year and a half. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I work well with feedback and I, I wish I knew it's just exciting to hear what people think, but the book, it was never meant to be like a, this is what actually happened book. It was this is what also happened book. And so the more of a full, complete story I can give people of my life, I enjoy because, you know, if you're going to judge me, you might as well have the, the whole story. And I don't really have anything to hide now. So I'm happy to put more of that story out there and it's been
0: received pretty well. Did you ever think, you know, back in 2014 when you said yes to a show called Southern Charm that eight seasons later, you'd be here an author with all of this?
1: I mean, it's wild. I remember you know, my goal at the time you know, Jersey Shore was kind of the baseline that we had, you know that was the only show on back then other than Vanderpump had just started Um, and so I remember being like, if we can get three seasons, that means like it was all worth it and now, yeah, I mean our eighth season's about to come out just wrote, you know, my first book, I mean, you know, I always thought maybe I could write a cookbook, that's what I really wanted to do at first, but Never did I think that I'd have enough stories, you know, in my life at this age to write a memoir. So it was a very humbling process.
0: Was your aspiration to be the next Paul e. D or Mike, the situation?
1: I was a Paul e. D guy,
0: definitely. That's a good choice. I, I see nothing wrong with a little Paul E.D.
1: No, Paul E.D. is great. And I've never met any of them, which is wild. I mean, almost nine years in this world. And you'd think I would have. I walked by Snooki once in an airport uh, and that was it. But I've never seen any of the guys.
0: Did you think of going up to Snooki and saying hi and introducing yourself?
1: Uh, I didn't realize it at first because um, I uh, she was just kind of like a little meatball with a sweatshirt on. And uh, when I realized who it was, you know, it was too late.
0: Well, listen, like you say, you have nothing to hide. Like, I learned so much about you from reading this book. Like, was there anything that you kind of teetered on that made the book? Was there like one or or two things that you kind of contemplated not putting in? You know, like, oh, this is too personal. I just don't want to talk about this. Yeah,
1: I mean, obviously with the Naomi stuff, you know, if she wasn't, if she hadn't agreed to be, you know, included and interviewed, then... I, you wouldn't have gotten nearly, you know, as full of a picture as I I wrote about just because I just didn't feel like I owned the rights to that story. You know, there's and any, and, you know, especially with a breakup or any relationship, there's two sides to every story and the truth is usually in the middle. So even my writer, Blake, um, God bless him. He's awesome. But he was very surprised when he spoke to Naomi for the first time, because he was like, Uh, your stories match up. He's like, you both remember things the same way. And, um, and I think we were able to capture that sentimentality. And I really, you know, obviously being in a relationship with Paige now, it's, it's odd writing about a, you know, a former love story that you had, but I think it'll help a lot of people. And it kind of, you know, it, it's why I am where I am today. And, you know, without the things like that, without big things happening like that in your life, you know, God knows where I would be. So I think, you know, it's an important part of the story and I'm not going to hide it. I mean, you know, the Adderall use, uh, when you're hooked on it or on anything, that's when the shame is there, you know, and you do everything you can do to suppress it. But, you know, I haven't taken Adderall in three years. And, um, now kind of my penance to that is telling my story and trying to help others. And it's, it's kind of the opposite of shame. You're just like, no, I was that fuck. Like I was the fuck up, you know, but now, you know, knock on wood, I'm not. And, um, and so that part of the story, I mean, yeah, talking about how I used to hide pills around the house that, you know, I never told anyone that in my entire life. So there were some few things that was, I was like, man, I'm really doing this.
0: Right. When you start, listen, I I get it. I mean, I mean, have you heard from a lot of people? Like what has shocked people the most as far as, you know, wow, that shocks me about Craig Conover from reading this book?
1: You know, I haven't had that many, like, we were shocked reactions. There's a lot of, like, that makes sense. You know, a lot of that type of reaction when you're like, you know, I would have never, I would have never thought this about you. And I would have never, like, you know, come to this on my own. But when I read it, I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense. Um, You know, I don't think people realize how many layers there are to me. And, you know, reading about my childhood and reading about, you know, some of the struggles that, I put on myself but that I went through well I I didn't put the bullying on myself but but the other other stuff was you know self-induced um I think people were very surprised this is why I like sharing the story that you know I'm not just a dumb reality star that yeah I am a dumb reality star but there's a lot of other layers um to that too
0: Totally. I mean, listen, so I, I was shocked a little bit by Listen, I grew up a gay kid in the suburbs. It wasn't 2022. So I was bullied. Sure. I get it. But I was kind of shocked when I read all this stuff about you being bullied. You know, you say attractive, gorgeous girlfriend, reality TV star, successful business person. Like, I don't know. I wouldn't think Craig Conover was bullied as a child.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it was uh, I will say that that was probably the most toned down thing in the book was the extent of the bullying. I mean, it was it was terrible. And I was fortunate to just be bright enough and weirdly have this kind of worldliness to myself as a young child that I was able to realize how lucky I was to be able to go home to a loving, supportive family. Um, And having that safe place is what, you know, got me through school. And then you realize like, you know, a lot of the bullies, they don't have that when they go home and they're just kind of projecting. But it's hard for a young kid to be like, oh, you know, things will get better. And so um, it's funny at our live show last night, someone, a teacher asked, they were like, hey, I'm a fifth grade teacher. What advice do you have for my fifth graders. And I was like, I don't, but I was like, you guys need to beat the shit out of those bullies. I was like, that's the problem right now. Cause the kids getting bullied, the bullies are now the victims and the kids getting bullied aren't allowed to do anything about it. Um, but that's a talk for another day, but that's kind of, you know, something that drives me is hopefully I can make a change and, you know, teach kids that it's cool to be nice to the other kids, you know, and it's not cool to be mean. And, um, but man, did that set me up for a reality TV? Cause it's funny. Cause when, You know, the first few years and you get the mean comments and the haters, I'm like, good luck, guys. Like, there's nothing you can do to even come close to what I've already been through.
0: I totally get that. So that really, like, for for real, like, you just, when you were on reality TV, right, the trolls came out. It really was like these, like, you never went down that rabbit hole of, like, this affects me. And it was because of, like, being bullied.
1: Yeah. And well, because I had to self-validate and hopefully one day I wish I could have explained that better in the book, but you know, I, I convinced myself and I truly believe I truly liked myself, you know, once high school hit, I was like, I, I am good enough and I am a nice person. And one day I'm going to do something, you know, great. And like, you know, this is just these people's opinions of me. And so the self-validation is what got me through and it's tough because it's such a catch 22 because I am in such a better place now because of the bullying, but I still wish, you know, I didn't have to go through it, but it's definitely shaped me. I don't think people realize how like how transformative and like scarring bullying is as a kid, because it really does, you know, it, it stays with you. And, you know, I'm fortunate that it brought me to a good place. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's funny how, you know, how how long that stays with
0: you. Totally. Well, like, look, it helped you with internet trolls. So that's a positive, yeah. right?
1: Exactly, exactly. And
0: did it help you in a sense, you know, like you are on this reality show, you know, like it's tough, you know, sometimes being on a reality show is the wild, wild west. And if it isn't, you just get to your first reunion and then you realize <laughs> you need like a right. of armor.
1: Yeah, the God reunion days are the worst day of the year. But I mean, I think, that's what is great is, you know, people finally after reading the book is like, oh, this is why Craig's always so outspoken or is always sticking up for the underdog because this is something that, you know, he's dealt with um, before. And uh, yeah, moving forward, I'll try not to get blacked out before any reunions moving forward or my publicist is going to have a, a lot harder, a lot more work to do than, uh, than we are right
0: now. harder job well you know speaking of southern charm you know i think also like talk to me about that because you talk about this in the book a little bit you know you have fame you know now we're in season eight you know i do this for a living so i know what season eight means you're doing well financially you know i think people think reality tv star fame who wouldn't want to be on southern charm but you know talk to me about you talked about how it did kind of have like an adverse effect like when you first started the show at times Well, yeah. And it's
1: getting a little looser with, you know, the restrictions on us. But man, was that frustrating for a long time being called lazy and shit. And I and, you know, like, you know, when are you going to get a job? How are you even paying your bills? And, you know, for a long time, we weren't able to address that. This is a job, you know, because they didn't you know, they don't want to kind of yeah what you know for whatever reason we both under we both know that and so you kind of have to take it on the chin and it was like look I was trying to juggle a lot of stuff back then um and you don't really get the credence for it but I I wouldn't change a thing you know I'm still happy I did it I really love the life I have I love the you know all the help we're able to do and the good and um the people I can meet but I like you know look, I, a lot of the girls on our show past and present really have had some hard times with being on the show. I mean, people are mean. And like I said, for the first time in these girls' lives and some of our guys, it's the first time that they're dealing with it. I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I had dealt with it before. And so I know to not like read the stuff or look at it, but you know, it can get pretty dark because people, not everyone, but a lot of people view you as objects and they don't think you have feelings. And like, the stuff they say online they would never say to someone's face and like even the what the one that's crazy is like when people respond like a girl that I did a podcast with the other day like Fran on A office she said that someone said something really mean to her and she just wrote back mean and they were like no 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 no, I'm just kidding like I love you so much like oh my god I can't believe you responded and you're like what world are we living in right now that someone thinks that it's okay to say something nasty but um You know, and you you can't bitch about this with anyone because it's very unlikely that anyone else in your life is on a reality show. And so it kind of gets lonely a little bit because, I mean, who are you like, you know, who are you going to complain about some of those things to? Because it's like, cry me a river, Craig, you know, cry me a river. Like, I'm so sorry that your life's, you know, tough sometimes. Um, So, you know, one day maybe I'll write about the experience because it's truly been fascinating to live through.
0: So just when I was saying to myself, what am I gonna watch during August? Because really there's nothing starting until September. Oh my God, you guys, we have an exciting announcement. Friday, August 12th on VH1, RuPaul's secret celebrity drag race is back. And this time around nine stars are gonna face off for the first time ever as show-stopping drag queens. But there's a twist. They're keeping their identities a secret from everyone. It's kind of like the mass singer meets drag race. This is like the most brilliant idea ever. That's right, they're leaving their famous personas behind to transform into completely unrecognizable drag queens. Can you even imagine, think of like your favorite celebrity now, imagine that celebrity in drag. They might be on this season, but to take on this challenge, of course, they're going to need a little help from all of our favorite drag legends, Jujubee, Brooklyn Heights, Monet Exchange. They're going to be helping out to get all of our secret celebs in tip-top shape to compete in the ultimate lip sync showdown. And then each week, these mystery queens will perform with everything they've got to impress, all our favorite judges, Carson Kressley, who was on this very podcast here, Michelle Visage, Ross, Matthews, and of course, the one, the only RuPaul. And then each week, the eliminated queen must show their face to the world in a celebrity reveal, which, oh my God, it's going to be so shocking. And in the end, one secret celeb will be crowned the winner. Who will be America's next celebrity drag race superstar? Well, you're going to have to wait and see, but not too long. Don't miss the Premiere of RuPaul's Secret Celebrity Drag Race Friday, August twelfth at eight PM on VH1. I can't freaking wait! And hey, you know we're going to be talking about it on this podcast here. Yeah, I mean, usually I just say to people like, "Thank you very much for your kind words," even though they're saying horrible things to me. And then same thing, they're like, "Oh my wait, oh my god, wait!" No, that's like, and I'm like, "How how do you want me to respond to this? Like, in what world? You know?" So I'm telling you, like, but mean is a good one too. I'm going to have to steal that. Well, you know, it's been, we're going into our eighth season. Like what are some highs that stick out for you? Like from Southern Charm, like, do you have like one or two highs just to sum everything up? I mean, the time, you know, we
1: really miss Cameron, but like getting to hang with Cameron was so fun. Um, You know, we filmed for four months and we were kind of all over the place. You know, after a few seasons, everyone goes out on their own and starts traveling and stuff. But when you're brought back, you know, kind of in the same realm, um, it's just really fun. And look, I would have never been able to go live in the Bahamas if I hadn't done the show. So that, that's just one crazy thing that I, I love from it. Um, but the time spent with the guys and like, I love doing press, you know, whether we were doing upfronts in LA with Shep or, or Austin and, you know, touring Universal's, you know, studio lot, like that type of stuff. I love and meeting the other people on the network. Cause I'm such a TV fan. I don't watch, unscripted except for, don't watch unscripted except for really 90 day and some Bravo stuff, but scripted shows I love. And so when we do these things with NBC, you get to meet these people and it's just, that's always been so fun for me.
0: Are you the type that gets starstruck? Like, right. Like you meet people through your job. Like, do you get starstruck? Um, I
1: internalize it really well. So I don't act like I am, but in my head, I'm like, this is so cool. This is so cool. This is so cool. Um, but my goal has always been, I've never taken pictures. I'm always just like, my goal is that if I see you at an airport after this, we can have like a beer together
0: or like a drink, you know? You never ask for the picture. No,
1: Shep asked for a picture with every single person he has ever met. And I'm on the opposite side of that. Which sometimes I, I hate it. I Sometimes I like being with Shep because I'm like, oh god of course jeb's taking the picture but inside i'm like all right this is cool i definitely wanted a picture
0: who is who's someone that just left you starstruck where you were like oh my god oh my god
1: The only one of the main ones was like danny mcbride um because he's a big bravo fan and he came up to me and cam once and we're like dude you're in like 75 percent of our favorite movies um but yeah, that was a fun one. And, you know, like Dale Earnhardt Jr. and his wife, Amy, are big fans. And um, But Shep, I remember we did a movie with Olivia Culpa and he was, uh, he was so shy. And that was the time that he asked for the picture with both of us. And I was like, all right, this is cool.
0: That's a good one. What about yeah. like, what are some, like, is there one or two things that stick out as your lows from Southern Charm? Just like, let's not relive this.
1: Yeah, I mean, second season got pretty rough. Um, I was living like paycheck to paycheck and just spending more than I had and felt like I had to be the guy buying all the shots. And it it was, I was definitely spot, you know, I talk about that season in the book. Um,
0: and,
1: and then like, I think when they, when everyone came over for the first like pillow party at my house, no one really knew what was going on. I think I woke up at like four or five and you know, yelled at producers like it was everyone else's fault. But you know, really it was my fault for you know staying up all night, God, you know, sewing or doing it was never like fun stuff either, you know, like you know, with Adderall, you're just by yourself, like doing random shit around your house until you like burn out. And then, you know, half the time I just take another one. But um, I didn't realize that I was depressed at that time and um, Adderall was my happy pill. You know, when I took Adderall. I wasn't depressed in that moment, but I didn't realize that it was just elongating, you know, the real issues. Um, So I'd say, you know, there's, there's some dark moments, but not, you know, nothing specific. Um, Just kind of, kind of my way of living at, at some of those points.
0: And you also talk in the book about how, you know, which I don't think I really realized just when watching the show is like sewing kind of really came at a point where it was a low, like, you know, when your sewing started to take off, talk to me about that a little bit.
1: Yeah. I remember I I was waiting for my house to get, you know, the closing of my house to go through and i had moved out of uh, Naomi's house and the house we lived in together. And Graham and Anna Hayward had come back from the Bahamas. So I had to rent a house in Wild Dunes and and, uh, Isle Palms here in Charleston. And I, I remember I stayed up all night sewing pillows. I hadn't like listening to Eminem and Taylor Swift and just like taking Adderall. And like, it was the first time I had been happy in so long, even though it wasn't like a healthy thing. I just, I had purpose. And it sounds so silly, but I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do something with this. And, and it wasn't Naomi's fault at all, but getting out of that toxic environment that we both made it. I mean, it was equally both of our faults, obviously, but all of a sudden I felt free. And I just started to sew and sew and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do something with this. Of course, it was during a hurricane and I woke up on the couch to like this hurricane warning going off on the TV, just blaring and everyone else had evacuated. And I was like, I am so stupid. Um, And like the windows were like smashing together, but I was happy and I felt kind of in control of my own life again because you know, mid 20 breakup. everyone goes through that mid twenties breakup where you think you're going to get married and you break up. I mean, it is a mind fuck and you don't really, I didn't know who to talk to and it was hard to admit, but I was like, I had my whole life planned out with someone. And now you're telling me that that's not the life I'm going to live, but I was able to turn it into no positive And yeah, that's really when the sewing started.
0: And you talk in the book too, about how like your home ec teacher, you know, I mean, for people that don't realize, like, you really were drawn to sewing, like, at a young age.
1: Yeah, Maya, uh, I was fortunate that I still, I had home in school in seventh and eighth grade with uh, Miss Turley, and the girls and boys did it, and then we had tech ed too, where everyone made, like, you know, the drag cars or whatever they were, um, and I learned to sew and cook in home ec, and, uh, you know, I really think a lot more people enjoyed it than they thought, but a lot of people go home to you know, traditional or stereotypical, you know, gender kind of households, and again, fortunately, I had parents that were like, anything that makes you happy, Craig, you know, we're going to support you. Um, no, I know not everyone had that, but uh, I guess you know it's not in a lot of schools anymore, which is a bummer. But man, did I love, I love the act of creation. Apparently, like that's why I love cooking. It's why I love gardening or building stuff, and just like with sewing, it's this act of creation which I've learned in the last few years from you know, therapist friends being like, yes, Craig, that's why you enjoy those things. Um, So,
0: well, look, Sewing Down South is now like a real legitimate booming business. But in the beginning, you know, some of your castmates weren't so receptive to this idea. Who, who kind of was, you know, who kind of rode you the hardest of like, this isn't real, didn't take you seriously.
1: Well, I mean, obviously, Shep, but he always rode me on anything or anything and everything. Um, You know, he'll tell you it was old, good old fashioned ribbing. But uh, we obviously saw it cross that line a a few times. Cameron is who I was most disappointed in. Um, You know, I just had never seen that side of her. Like, I really I knew, you know, like I knew I had a good idea and I really liked it. And I just thought these people would trust me enough to be like, if Craig wants to do this, you know. Fuck it, let him do it. But I think what hurt the most was it made me feel like I had lost everyone's trust because I was like, man, I really am just like I just talk the talk, I talk the talk, and I've never really walked the walk. And one of my biggest goals was to finally walk enough walks that people, you know, that my word meant something again because I lost that, Um, and that was painful because I knew I had pushed and I had pushed and I had pushed. Um, and, you know, I don't think, you know,
0: people really took my word seriously anymore. And it was really Cam that you were most shocked by.
1: Yeah, in that time. And then she was the very first one to, you know, turn it around, though. And as soon as I actually did what I said I was going to do, she the first red carpet she was on, she was like, hey, Craig was right. I was wrong. I'll meet and grow. And but it, you know, it, it took me actually doing it and not just saying I was going to do it.
0: At what point, like in sewing down South, like, you know, for you, was it like, wow, you know, I mean, it seems like you believed in yourself. Not everyone else did. Everyone came around, but like, when were you like, oh man, like, this is real. Like, this is a real company. This is a success. This is real work.
1: I mean, once we sold our first pillow online, it was like a real transaction. And someone actually paid for the pillow and I knew we were going to get it shipped out to them. Um, I mean, that's when I knew it was all, you know, this was going to, this was going to work. I, that was the last kind of barrier, you know, of me getting out of my own way. Like we, I was finally selling my pillows and, you know, for my partners, it took a long time for them. It took until we, we did the hurricane pillow for hurricane Dorian and we sold, you know, a ton. Um, They, they wanted to see the volume, but I knew once we sold one that that's all it took. And I knew I wasn't crazy. And um, and I still remember that day I was in Miami just watching from my computer.
0: Interesting. Well, your team has sent me your pillows in the past and lots of other things. Candles. So it's all great. Love them all. So thank you to them. I can attest that I have oh, them myself in my home and they're amazing. Not everyone, you know, Patricia had some words to say about your pillows and you had some words to say about hers. Where are you guys today in this? Sorry, I was saying thank you. At first I was like, thank you, David. Well, no, really your pillows are all around and they're great. Um, But
1: yeah, so Patricia and I are great. Um, You know, I I try to see her when I'm in town in Charleston. You know, I've kind of been on the road a lot this past year. Um, And we've had a few nice little cocktail hours. Um, And she's great. And we had, you know, that healthy rivalry and we decided to go and two different directions, but I mean, you know, she had a big part in, in really kicking, you know, me in the rear end and being like, you know, what are you doing here? Like how many chances are you going to blow? So, um, look, Patricia's Patricia's a heck of a, a character and like person. And, uh, I've always been fascinated with her. And, um, you know, I think the healthy ribbing, obviously at the time, um, I, uh, you know, I wasn't happy about it and I had some strong words back then, but now as time has moved on, it's, it's, it's all fun. And, um, you know, I've popped on a few of her HSNs to, you know, as a special guest and, um, you know, she's, she roots for me too. So we're in a great place, but yeah, it was,
0: there was some pillow feuding there for a little bit. There was a little bit of pillow feuding, but now that you are, this is such a success. It's almost like, do you appreciate maybe tough love from Patricia? Uh, It it was almost
1: like fuel to the fire because like I remember when she said that thing about like the quality of my pillows I was like not that I wasn't already driven and I didn't already want to make this a huge company I'm like I am now going to focus so hard that no one can ever say that like I'm just never going to give people openings to say like to trash my pillows um and so it, you know it just it helps drive me um and it helps kind of not that I get complacent, but like something happens like that. And you're like, Oh fuck, no. All right. Let's, let's sell, let's sell a thousand pillows today. You know, like, let's do something. Um, so yeah, no, it's all, all, all appreciated, even though obviously at the time, you know, I, I wasn't saying this.
0: (laughs) That's good. I'm glad you guys are in a good place. So, I mean, you talked about Naomi, like in the Naomi chapters, I mean, I know it sounds like, right. Like she had the same story you did, which is to me totally shocking. Cause when do two people break up and have almost the exact same story, but what was her right. first reaction when you went to her and said, Hey, I'm going to write a book, <clears throat> you know, there's going to be the Naomi chapters. Do you want to be involved? Like what was her first reaction?
1: Well, timing is just the most wild thing in this world. And it's funny because I think timing affected our original relationship negatively. Um, you know, just, timing is just you know it affects everything but the point of it is she actually when we had gotten to this chapter had just broken up with her boyfriend in New York you know and had reached out to me and you know kind of came clean and apologized about a lot of stuff and was like you know I'm coming back to Charleston and um, it was just nice you know it was it was good closure of you know you know, a lot of things that were never said that I thought should have been said. And so we had, you know, and I was nice, you know, and I had kind words about a breakup too. I was like, look, breakups suck. Like, sorry, you're going through this, but you know, at least you get to come back to Charleston. Um, and you know, basically she was a little concerned about the show. And I was like, look, you know, uh, it'll be good for the show for you to come back. And, um, you know, as long as you eat crow a little bit and it's, it's uh good. And she, and she did. So I was like, Hey, you know, I'm writing a book and, you know, I was wondering if my, if my writer could reach out to you. And, uh, she was like, sure, of course. And so she spoke with him for a couple of hours and, uh, you know, the timing was just right. It just, um, you know, I was like single at the time. It just, it would have been weird if it was a year prior, you know, and she was still dating or, you know, a couple months later when I was dating, but it just worked. And so I'm glad we were able to get that, you know, that information from her.
0: How nervous was she to come back to the show? To to your point. Well, I mean, look,
1: she kind of went scorched earth when she left, um, which I knew she didn't really mean that stuff. You know, she was leaving because her boyfriend was making her, um, and you know, she she was like, "You you were right, Craig." Like, you know, because look, people enjoy you doing it; they just do. I mean, um, you know, it's a good time with your friends, and um, and I, I think she was a little nervous, but. You know, at the end of the day, like, if, if I didn't, if I wasn't holding a grudge, then, you know, no one else was going to hold one. Um, and I think that's, well, I mean, you'll get to see some stuff play out this season of Southern Charm. You'll get to see a lot of stuff. There were a few people that might have had a grudge left, one or two. But, um, I mean, look, I think she was nervous, but I think she was happy to be back
0: do you think like her coming back to the show was like in part because of you like not romantically, but you know, like you kind of helped ease her into it cause you weren't holding a grudge.
1: Well, I mean, I think some of us have, I think, I don't know, you know, when I got the call and it was like, how do you feel about, you know, Naomi coming back to the show? I, you know, at the, at the end of the day, I'm a businessman and, a, and I love doing Southern charm. And I, I truly thought, fans would enjoy it and our audience and I thought it would be good for the show. So I was like, sure. Um, you know, if I said no, it probably wouldn't have affected anything. But I just, you know, I we didn't go down that route.
0: I was I was fine with it. Did you who else would you want to come back? Like if you could choose anyone else that is not there. You know, like we had a lot of people leave last season. It was a good season. It just felt like a transition season in a sense.
1: Yeah, I mean Cam obviously would be great. Um, I actually, um, I, look. I just like that Bravo is kind of this multiverse now. You know, fuck. Like if someone from Vanderpump on the West Coast wants to come try out Charleston, come on, come on over. You know, like t- Stassi or Schwartz wants to come be on the show or LaLa. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I mean, Cam obviously is the the easy answer for that one. Um, that- but you know, like t- I mean, it's crazy because yeah, I got to stay with that.
0: <laughs> What else were you going to say? Nothing. We
1: just, we've had some people that were television gold in the past on our shows and man, were those some crazy years, but uh, yeah, I think, I think Cam misses it and maybe one day I'll be able to talk her, talk her into coming back.
0: Well, the fans would absolutely love that. I mean, mind you, if you want to give a call to Stassi or Schwartz or any of them, I think the fans would love that too. I don't think think I'm going to push for that. I don't think anyone would argue with that. How hard was it to, like, I know Paige is going to be on, you know, talk about, listen, this crossover from show to show is not a thing that has existed for a long time. I mean, it really, Winterhouse really, to me, kind of changed the game. Yeah. So, I mean, how hard was it? Like, I know, you know, Naomi was back. I mean, we're going to see Paige on Southern Charm. Was that awkward filming those scenes?
1: I don't know. That's one of those things you just have to watch. It's a long season. We've got this. Will be one of the longest seasons of, um, of charm, and I think it's a crazy season. It, it's it's just as crazy as some of our early ones, um, and it's going to be really fun for people to watch. Um, and I think you'll get my my thoughts through watching those episodes.
0: I love a long season, so like that sounds good to me were you nervous, you know, staying on the Naomi chapters? Like, how did you, I mean, Paige obviously has read your book. Like, how did that, did you explain, like, were you nervous for her to read those chapters? Was it not an issue? Am I making an issue out of something that wasn't?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, look, it's just my story. And obviously, you know, it's going to take a little getting pumped up to read, you know, stories about anyone's past. Um, I don't think it's because we're in a unique situation. It's just, you know, anyone reading about their, their person's, you know, past is going to be a little difficult, but, you know, Paige is awesome. She's just a great person and she gets it. And, you know, I, I think both of us try to help out as many people as we can. And I think she knows that, you know, people reading this story, you know, I've already gotten, you know, not hundreds, but tens of tens of messages, you know, being like, you know, I, I'm going through that right now and reading, you know, that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and then getting to see how happy you are now and knowing how, you know, bad the breakup was and how much of a hole you were in, um, you know, gives me hope. So I think, uh, yeah, no, it wasn't a big deal.
0: Breakups are hard, but then you look back and you're like, okay, would you get nervous reactions from anyone else on the Southern Charm cast? Like, was there one person that stood out of like, what are you going to write about me in the book?
1: No, I think Whitney is never happy with anything with people. So, um, you know, I finally got to write about the casting process for our show, which the network has really given me a long leash with this. And, you know, I don't think anyone's ever written about how you ended up on the show. Um, you know, he might be like, he, there's a there's a few things that um, I'm sure would annoy him a little bit. But no, I mean, it's an honest telling of, you know of everything and it wasn't opinion based really it was really just an objective you know story about you know what the last nine years have been like
0: you haven't heard from Whitney yet
1: I mean we saw each other last week I just don't think I don't think you know I think it'll be a while before him and Shep read my book
2: well they they ever did
0: well they should because it's a great book thank you what was it like? So you know, you went into Winterhouse. I know that you and Page have crossed. You and Page have crossed paths way prior to that throughout the years. Like you know, everyone says like you just know when you feel something for someone. You know when you like. When did you start to realize like you know maybe you had romantic feelings for Page? Was it like in Winterhouse? Was it after Winterhouse?
1: Um, Look, the fun thing is, is when we met three years ago on Summer House, you know, we both kind of knew that was our person. Um, And then she was dating someone and then I was dating someone and we blocked it out of our heads. But then when we were single, you know, at the same time together, uh, which was after Winter House, um, you know, it was the first time we had ever hung out single. And we just were like, let's see what happens. And, you know, all those feelings from the first day that we saw each other um came back so it was really fun and really sweet
0: that's great why um what is it about you know like we've seen you date many people throughout the years um what is it about page what 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 draws you to page
1: um she's just my you know when you find your person you do I know it sounds cliche but um I think we were raised very similarly which I love her parents are very similar to mine and when I'm at their house or when she's at mine, it it doesn't feel any different. Um, and shit, she's doing pretty much better than me right now, which I fucking love. Um, a lot of it, you know, people won't see for a while, but like her new clothing lines about to drop and she's got some really awesome stuff happening outside of, um, reality TV. And I, that drives me because, uh, it's like a healthy competition that goes unspoken, but when you're competing with your partner in a healthy way, it's kind of hard to explain. Like, you're just like, this is awesome, but I got to keep up at this point. Like, so I love that. um, I just love how driven she is and how excited she is to continue to span like both of our careers um, and like our pro. you know, like our brands, Um, you know, we love reality TV um, and we love, in other stuff too so it's going to be really fun to see where we end up you know in the next few years and where our brands go and um she's going to collaborate with me for sewing down south she's going to do a pillow line for us this fall which i'm really excited about and so the fact that we get to work together is just awesome
0: you guys both seem to understand like look like you could being a reality tv star is amazing but like you really could parlay this into a real career like what Paige is doing and like what you did with Sewing Down South, is there someone that like in the reality space or just one or two people, either Bravo or non-Bravo that you like kind of looked up to, you know, you look at like a Bethany Frankel. Okay. That's obviously the obvious, you know, look what you did with Skinny Girl, but is there someone where you were like, wow, like this person just did it right? Well, Bethany just
1: has the Bethany Frankel foundation and that's what my goal has always been. So I think Southern Charm, in the first three years, we just had our three year anniversary. We've given like $200,000 away and the goal, hopefully the credit counter foundation is formed by the end of the summer. I mean, Bethany's going to millions and millions in aid and supplies and stuff around the world. That's, I mean, that's always what's made me happiest. That's what I want. I mean, that's the whole goal here. Like being financially free is amazing, but with that to me comes being able to give away as much as you want to. And so, you know, following, I know it's like the cliche one, but, but it's, I mean, she, she went the philanthropic route and that's, that's my entire goal. So, you know, hopefully I can continue following in her footsteps and, um, and just keep growing. We'll see what happens.
0: That's another thing you talk about in the book, which I didn't realize, like just how much like your foundation is important to you and all of that. Before we wrap up, you know, again, people love and want to know, you know, it's going well with Paige. might we see a proposal soon craig
1: i think if you guys ever saw it the answer would be no from Paige. um i uh we do a good job of keeping you know some of our milestones outside of the camera's reach but um we we talk about marriage and you know our lot i just built our huge closet in my house in charleston and um talk about our future and it's really exciting to be with someone that you can you feel comfortable talking about your future but you know we only have been officially dating for a little over six months and so as excited as we are for our future we still are being like responsible and doing it our way and not rushing it so you know you won't see a proposal until we're at least together for a year um but you know then i think i think it would be something that wouldn't it be crazy to look forward to
0: listen a cl- building someone a closet in your house is no no that's a pretty big thing yeah i think that's uh i think that's that's a monument i think that's a
1: milestone that uh we'll have to cherish for a little while
0: Well, i'm up here this is last question and while i'm up here in new york you know would you ever do the new york thing move up here full-time page hamptons could you ever see yourself becoming a new yorker full-time
1: I mean, she, I like that she laughs when she gets asked that question. Cause she's like, Craig, Craig just wouldn't, I mean, I love it in the city. I'm there pretty much every week right now. Um, we transition our time. Like she'll be in Charleston all of May and June, but the last few months I've been in New York and I really do love it. Um, always have an apartment up there, but I just, you know, I couldn't see myself raising kids up there. So like I love spending time up in New York, but, at the end of the day, I'm still kind of like a country kid. And I like hopping in my car and or hopping on the boat. And just, um, I I think we're fortunate that we can do kind of a shared, you know, life between the two. But, I mean, I would be lying if I said I ever saw myself, you know, really settling down. But, I mean, look, who knows? I mean, you don't really get to plan out your life that much. So, nothing's on the table. And that's why I don't really like making definitive statements but um you know i think right now we'll just keep splitting our time but i i i'm trying to figure out the new york thing
0: i just had to ask you know listen the more people like you that come to new york the better as far as i'm i think, right. I, think I think i think all you bravo celebrities should just end up in new york as far as i'm concerned so just well, figure hopefully out we have a bravo
1: con, hopefully we have bravo con to bring us all together again sometime
0: i hope so Well, listen, like I know the podcast tour is going well. The pillow parties continue. You know, this book is literally, I loved reading it. Everyone needs to get a copy of it. Pillow Talk, What's Wrong With My Sewing? I've learned more about you in this book than eight, seven seasons on Southern Charm, but I am excited for season eight. So, you know, thank you for taking your time today. I really appreciate it. And congrats on the new book.
1: Of course. Thanks for the great conversation. Maybe I can come back on once southern charm is teased a little bit so we'll see that
0: i would love that and look i didn't ask you for any spoilers so there you go i followed all (laughs) the rules i know how it goes but thank you yeah when this season comes back feel free to come back i really appreciate your time of
1: course all right cool well it was a pleasure
0: david and i will uh, i'm sure i'll talk to you soon awesome thank you and thank you to your whole team for making this happen